Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. This is episode number 345, and this is the 11th, I checked, installment (laughs) to our Moving Diary series. Would you like to take a guess on when our very first Moving Diary episode dropped? And I think that's when we announced that we were moving from Tennessee to Florida. Oh, okay. This is a good one. I'm going to say... It was in March of 2020? No. Oh, when was it? We knew much before this, but we did not do the first moving diary until May 22nd, 2020. Just about three weeks before we were moving. I was going to say, that didn't... I'm kind of surprised by that. That didn't give us a ton of time. Obviously, there was a lot going on and like... You have to tell your job and family and friends and stuff first, I guess, before you can announce it. So maybe that was why. Yep. So if you haven't put it together, the reason for this episode is we've now officially been Floridians for two years. Over two years. We're actually a month late. Does this mean we're allowed to say that we're flow grown? <laughs> no. I don't think we will ever be flow grown. And if we ever expand our family or anything, I don't even know if they will be flow grown. Oh, but you got to say it. Maybe if we put the sticker on one of our cars, that makes you flow grown. What about the dogs? They've been here for two years now of their life. That's like a majority, at least for Loki. Yeah. Loki's been in Florida longer than Tennessee. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. And so if you've not been following along through the previous 10 installments of this series and haven't been listening to Detour to Neverland that long, no harm, no foul. You're pretty much caught up. (laughs) You know, these were just episodes that we put out talking through our experience for what we were looking for out of the move. We talked a little bit about logistics, shared some of our insights into how we decided um, on which area to pick and how to find a house and things like that. But a lot of what these moving diaries were about is kind of what the diary word goes towards is it's a lot more of the emotional connection and emotional reason why we're doing it. So we asked you guys to send in listener questions for this episode and you guys came through. I think yes. we'll be able to get through all of them, but there are quite a few. But before we get into those, I just wanted to ask you, you know, two years ago it seems like it was yesterday in some aspects, but it also feels like it was 10 years ago in other ways. What, like looking back on it, what are the things that you still remember very vividly? Um, Whether it's just like a funny little story part of the move or just anything that stands out, maybe something that was harder than you expected it to be. Oh, man. Um, I feel like now that I think about it, like so many things kind of jump out. I think one thing that stands out was kind of doing like the last walkthrough of our 
Tennessee house, just like knowing like that chapter is closing, we're moving on to something else. Um, I very vividly just like remember the whole packing up process, um, especially when, because we had help. Um, we hired a company called College Hunks to come and like, you know, pack up our Penske truck essentially. Um, so I just remember like that whole scenario and just like, I don't know, the way that they so effortlessly and like easily moved our stuff. And even if we didn't do that part, sorry, I'm just going to interject. We were still saying we're never moving again. Oh, yeah. I mean, moving is not for the faint of heart. Like, it's, I don't, I have a lot of words that I'd like to say about moving and probably they're not appropriate for the air. All couples should have to hang Christmas lights together, Mm -hmm. paint together. Ooh, that's a hard one. (laughs) And move together. And if you can make it through those these thing those things, your relationship will be much stronger. Yeah, you should be fine after that because like kids must be a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that obviously without any um but the Christmas lights thing, that almost did us in <laughs> when we first got married. Um no, but I feel like okay, the funny story that stands out to me was us trying to get Brendan had a little Ford C Max. Um, that we decided to pull on the back of our Penske truck down to Florida. Um, And him having to pull the car onto the little pull, what do you, trailer Trailer, (laughs) device um, onto the trailer and then having to get out of the car was probably one of the most hysterical things I've ever witnessed because the door could open maybe like three inches. Like it was the smallest amount. Did you end up crawling through the car or did you get out the door? Well, I crawled out of the window like a NASCAR driver. (laughs) And then, then we realized once I was out of the car, how do we get the window back up? So then I had to crawl like through the back seat enough to just press the button to roll the window up. And then we locked it up and, and went on our way, but it was such a fiasco. But then right after that, we also just did like a test pool with the Penske truck and the trailer popped right off because <laughs> it wasn't on there all the way with our neighbors probably thought we were the two biggest morons trying to do this. I mean, yeah, moving yourself, like getting the Penske truck, we said it, you know, way back when this actually happened in real time, but they should not just let two, you know, 20 six-year-old, however old we were at the time, like rent one of those and drive it not across the country, but like across a couple states because we had no business driving that thing. Like it was huge. Yeah. To piggyback off of that, I would say one of my favorite memories is once we did get rolling with the Penske truck, we fully embraced like the trucker lifestyle. (laughs) We thought we were truckers because you had to park in the trucker spots at the rest stops. Uh You had to, you know, fully embrace speed, (laughs) slow and steady. Well, they were they were blowing us off the road. They did. We set the Penske truck as fast as it would go on the cruise control, but going uphill, it just couldn't. We were topping out at like forty five. (laughs) Oh, and that's being very generous. Yeah, but uh, I think we threw around a lot of truck yas. I think we uh, asked a lot of truckers if they would pull their horns for us. I don't think any did. <laughs> no, absolutely not. 
But and again, still- this is why, you know, you should not be allowed to just rent one of these trucks. That was also the first time that we ever listened to an audiobook, which now audiobooks are kind a of a staple. big thing. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, I guess those are like the biggest ones that stand out. Yeah. So we'll get into like, what are our feelings now? What are all that stuff is going to come out in the questions, I think. Do oh, so you yeah. want to start with those and then anything that we miss? We'll round we'll, it up. I at mean, the yeah, end. we'll have tangents always as well. So we're just going to go in the order that they came in on Instagram because I mean, what? What better way? It just makes sense, you know. And the first one is a simple one. And it was just, why Florida? And it's simple off the bat, but I don't know. I kind of struggled with, I mean, Walt Disney World is like the obvious answer. I think from a cost of living standpoint, at the time, we thought it was comparable to what we were coming from in Tennessee. Yeah, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's not. I mean, I don't but, know. But it, we don't know what it is like there anymore. You know what I mean? And I guess it's the timing of everything. Yeah. So it's hard to get a baseline. But yeah, this this question did challenge me to think like more than I thought I would because, yeah, at the surface, it's very much just like, well, Walt Disney World, this is where we want to be. And... You know, to be honest, I couldn't find a be- like a better or a different reason. I think we knew we wanted to move. Like that was just something that we had always talked about, you know, even just like when we were dating and before we got married that we would like to leave Tennessee, try to live somewhere else, see how it goes. Kind of just go off on our own. Yeah, just do our own thing. And like when it came down to it, we never even threw out anywhere else. Like there was never a serious conversation. Yeah, I would about say the ones we just kind of like loosely threw around. Charleston, we talked about because it's pretty. Yeah, and the weather is nice. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I don't know anywhere else that was. As a kid, I always wanted to live in St. Louis just because I was a Cardinals fan, and I want yeah. to live right next to Bush Stadium and go to all the games. But as a kid, I thought it'd be super cool to live in Boston. Oh, I thought you were going to say, as a kid, you thought it'd be super cool to live next to Walt Disney World. Oh, (laughs) no, Boston, because I love uh, Boston accents. Um, But yeah, it just, it kind of just made sense for us, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. It it just kind of checked a lot of the boxes of what we're looking for. And by looking for, it was Disney. (laughs) Yeah, and the idea of completely rebuilding a social network seemed a little daunting. And coming here, we at least knew that we had internet friends that would be visiting every once in a while. Your sister already lived here. Yeah. So I think that was also a little reassuring to know that we're not, we're on our own, but we're not completely on our own. We didn't know that a pandemic would hit and make it hard to social with, be social with anybody mm-hmm. when we first got here. So that was a little extra wrench in it. But next question is, and this is like the golden question. Do you plan to stay in your current house long-term? If you find out, let me know. Yes. So what's so interesting about us, and it's probably not even just like an us thing, long-term I feel like is 
very hard to define in our household. Um, mostly because, to be honest, we've been here for two years and a month. This is almost the most long term we've been in like a house together since we got married. Is it not the longest? Do we live? I said it long? was. Oh, I thought isn't you that said, what I said? I thought you said this, almost the longest. Well, maybe we had like an extra month in Tennessee, but it's about to be. You know what I mean? Like this will be the most long term place we've been together. Yeah. Um, so we we kind of go back and forth all the time. Like, do we want to stay in this house? Would we like to go somewhere else for the foreseeable future? As in two or three more years, we do not plan on moving. And a lot of that, I think, is just the uh, economic environment that we're in. Mm -hmm. Because if there was something that fit our wants and desires and somewhat needs at a more affordable rate, I think we would move a lot sooner. Just because this house needs quite a bit of work to get it to where we want it to be. And now we've kind of made that decision that we are going to commit to doing some of those things. Not all of the things, but some of them to get it to a level that we uh, want it. Just a little bit of backstory on that of maybe so you understand about our house a little bit more is we are like a budget tract home. Isn't that what they call them? Where they just build them. They're all they're all very similar. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's not your custom, typical, not semi-custom. Like this is what you get. Yeah, it's your typical builder home where they give you the floor plan, you give them the money, they let you move in. <laughs> yeah, the workmanship is not great. The, the there's no customization. Your neighbors have very similar, if not the exact same stuff as you. And we came from a house in Tennessee where we picked every single thing. And that was tough. Like we always viewed this house that we are, that we bought as this was kind of a, I wouldn't say short term, but we kind of thought, Hey, we'll hold it for two years after two years passes by and capital gains are done. We thought around this time we'd be moving again. Yeah. And now it's just kind of, well, let's wait it out. And we'll see. But we're, I think we're also at the point where we're not going to buy something just for the sake of buying it. The next home is really like, I don't want to say a 30-year home, but a, a long-term home. Yeah. Forever is, you know, that's a little tough to swallow. But that's kind of how we view it. Like, if we are moving next, it's going to be a forever home. So we do want to be pickier. Because we did really, I mean, we bought this house without ever seeing it, stepping foot in it. We saw the plans online. We kind of scouted out the location well before moving down. And that was that. And I will say, I also don't want us to sound spoiled because we are very grateful that we're even able to have a home because the rest of the country, but, and, but Orlando in particular is nuts right yeah. now. And so we are thankful that we got into this house at the time that we did much more affordable rates, much more affordable pricing. And that's that's going to be hard to give up if we move. And so like I said, I think it's it's it has to check a ton of boxes if we move somewhere else. You agree? I would agree. Next question is 
what's something you thought you'd have done by now that you haven't? And then we're going to answer the vice versa, something that we have done, but we thought that we wouldn't. So do you have your answer for oh, oh, both yes. of those? All right, let's Well, go. at least for the, the one way. Um, to me, it was easy to think of something that we haven't done yet. And it is to see the manatees, to do like the whole glass bottom boat where you get to kayak with the manatees. Um, I don't know why I have that in my head that that's something that we would have done by now, probably just because we have so much interest in it. But we've just never made the trip or made the time to go do that because it's not very far away. It's maybe like an hour, like Crystal Springs kind of area. It's in Central Florida still. Um, but we've just never done it. And I really want to. But you have to do it in the winter, which is hard because that's when the manatees are in the, like the inland channels because it's warmer. Correct. It's really, yeah, winter, but like February, March is a good time to go do it. So it's just winter for most people. Okay. Just, <laughs> just trying to be more specific for anybody yes. who's uh, manatees came to mind for me as well. We've already, we're doing it in 2023. Yes. There's no questions about it. It is on the list. The other ones that I thought of, we haven't been to Bush Gardens, which I thought we would have. Um, and, and the reason why I think we didn't go to Bush Gardens is, I, you know, everything is exaggerated on the internet. But when they first reopened... Obviously, we were being very cautious about where we go, and Disney was being very strict about masks and sanitizing, and Universal was too, so we felt comfortable. And Bush Gardens at the time looked like a different country. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I think it turned me sour. And I know now, like, you know, whatever. So eventually we'll make it out there. The other is I thought that we would go to South Florida by now. And go to Miami or Fort Lauderdale or even Key West. And yeah. we haven't made that drive down there. Part of me wants to wait on the train for that bullet train to come up here. I know you're not. I don't know. For whatever reason, you don't like trains. Bullet trains sound scary. They just go very, very fast. I don't know if it's actually considered a bullet train. Well, then that could change everything, honestly. Just don't call it a bullet train and I'm in. Oh, it's a... Uh, Slow moving the locomotive. Slow, yeah. The Walt Disney Railroad, that's my kind of speed. Oh, okay. that's what we're talking. The other thing that I actually just thought of when you were talking about, uh, just like Tampa. Did you talk about Tampa? Tampa came Bush to Gardens. my mind. Okay. Um, was we haven't been to a lightning game. Yeah. The hockey, professional hockey team that's here because we do really enjoy hockey. That was a big hobby for us. In Tennessee and Nashville, we had season tickets. Well, we didn't, but his parents did. Brendan's parents did. So we did a lot of that. And we just never have even talked about buying tickets or going. Yeah. Well, they've been so good. So tickets have been very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. And it's tough when we went to Predators games, quote unquote, for free. <laughs> well, we technically we didn't pay for it. So. So it's hard to pay for it. But we have been to two Rays games. Big now. Rays fans. We are big Rays fans. <laughs> uh, we went to one playoff game last year. That was fun. That was your first ever playoff game, right? 
I think so. And then we went to a, a regular season game this year. Um, the drop is not great. It is drop not field. desirable at all, honestly. I hope that doesn't offend anyone. If it does, maybe you've never been to a, a nicer stadium. Yeah, I, you almost said real stadium, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you? Did you? It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I just don't see how it counts. It's a it's a cinder block building. There's no sunlight. It's so strange. Yeah, it's, it's a very weird feeling. And and as lifelong Rays fans, which we're being <laughs> facetious about that, I, I cheer for the Rays, but I mean the Cardinals are my team. Yes, and I would say the Cardinals are your team too. I'm by marriage. Yeah, that has to be. <laughs> Um, but I, I would say most Rays fans would agree. Like it's it's bad, and yeah. something has to give. And we just really, really hope they don't leave. That would really stink. That I, for me, growing up as baseball has always been my number one sport, both playing and watching and following. And I've always wanted to live close to a major league baseball team. I went to so many Nashville Sounds games. For minor league baseball, but I just always wanted the real deal. Hence why I said earlier, I wanted to live in St. Louis. Yeah. Up. And it would be a real shame is by the time we got here, they stay for two or three years and then they, and they leave. leave. And it would be even more sad if they leave and go to Nashville. That would be heartbreaking. Mostly for you. Cause you know, but I think if they leave, they're going to Montreal, but hopefully they don't, hopefully they can work something out. Because Tampa fans are very, I wouldn't say very loyal, but when the teams are good, like the Bucks and the Lightning, it's easy to love a winning team. I know that's true. That's nobody. I, I guess not as many people are going to Bucks games when they didn't have Tom Brady. So, so off your sports wagon over there, <laughs> sir. Uh, okay, the vice versa. What's something that we have done but you didn't expect to do? I feel like this one is harder. The one that came to mind is maybe a cruise because we went on that cruise in February. You didn't expect to go on a cruise? Well, I would expect to go on a cruise, but maybe like not so soon. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, that's a reach. That one, that was a very good question. That was a hard one. Yeah. I think we've checked a lot of our boxes of what I don't, I feel like we've only done things that we, I can't think of anything specific. Yeah. SeaWorld, maybe. I'm buying an annual pass to SeaWorld. I maybe didn't expect us to ever do. I maybe expected us to only go on like a day pass. But we did buy the annual pass because it was like just marginally more than a day pass. Yeah. And I get a free one for being a teacher. So teachers, Florida teachers, I should specify, get a SeaWorld pass for yeah. free. So SeaWorld's probably my answer to the vice versa part of that question. Next is our favorite memories over the last two years. I have a list, honestly. (laughs) I'll just kind of go through it quickly. Like I I don't have to go into a ton of detail. But some things that really stood out to me were getting to go to the 50th anniversary, like being there on October 1st, because it is kind of a peculiar time of year, you know, being – in October, if we were in Tennessee, I just feel very strongly that that's something that we would have not made happen. So I was just so happy to be there. 
Can I add something to that? Okay. We almost didn't go because we couldn't get a park reservation. And we came to terms with, we had convinced ourselves like, oh, we don't actually want to be there. Yeah, we can. We were trying to convince ourselves that going to Epcot to do Ratatouille would be just as fun. Oh, we would have been so mad. Oh, yeah. Newsflash, it would not have been as much fun. But, so that stands out to me. Um, any of the opening um, attractions that have come up, so like Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratatouille, Velocicoaster, just getting to participate in that just using our annual pass previews, I think has just been so thrilling again, just knowing like we are doing this because we live here. Like if we lived somewhere else, the windows that they give you are not big, you know, and you just kind of get luck of the draw, you know, the date that you get and all of that jazz. So um, that really stood out to me as something. And then the other one, a favorite memory and I hope you agree. I mean, I'm sure. Why would you not? The Halloween party this past year when we got to dress up as Wanda and Vision. That was pretty great. That was the highlight of 2022 or 2021. Whatever yeah, that year was that was last year. Okay. Highlight for the year. Yeah. I think it's funny. All of yours are parks related, right? Yeah. I, I think they weird. are. Yeah. I have a lot of the same ones. I do think those early days when the parks just reopened after COVID, they were very stressful to go to the parks during that time, but it was very surreal. And like, they're very fond memories to me of going and you look around and you don't see anybody else at the parks. Mm-hmm. I don't, I never want to experience that again, but it was, it's a good memory looking back on it. I would just say from a personal standpoint too, I think these past two years have been probably the most challenging of our marriage, but I think also the most fruitful from a personal standpoint. Mm -hmm. I don't know like how much you like, we don't (laughs) have to completely go into therapy session, but I think moving away from home and, and leaving the mama bird nest, as you say, and you like have to find your own way together. I think we've grown up a lot and we've faced a lot of our challenges and come out stronger. And, you know, I think we're stronger now than we were two years ago. Yeah, I agree. I think having to leave basically your comfort zone and kind of start over is, I mean, it's hard. Like even with, all the things that we were looking forward to and kind of what we mentioned, you know, having people come down pretty frequently because hello, it's Disney world. Like even with all of those things, starting over can be very isolating, especially at first, like you don't know what to do or where to go or so. Yeah. You definitely have to lean on each other a lot more. And the other memories that stand out to me were 20 spring of 2021 we played golf like once a week. <laughs> we played so much golf. Playing golf, it, it's on my notes, just kind of in the random middle of the page, but it's like an honorable mention because when I think of my Florida hobby, it's playing golf. Which is funny. Which is like, so, like we're it fully is embracing funny. the re- retiree lifestyle. 
Oh, one billion percent. Yes. Next question is the biggest challenges of the last two years. Okay. So I have two here. One might sound kind of silly, but I do think it's been a big challenge. Our grass. (laughs) Florida grass is unlike anything else. I feel like it's otherworldly. Um, what kind of, what is it called? St. Augustine. St. Augustine grass. It is. It makes me never want to visit the city of St. Augustine. It is honestly terrible. Like the, um, the roots. It's like a vining the, type grass. Honestly, I think one of the first times we did yard work, I thought they were weeds. So I'm like <laughs> pulling up our grass like a, like a dummy thinking that I am saving our yard where I'm literally tearing it apart. It is so particular. We scalped our grass on accident. Um, we were going just out of town. Just in June, yeah, when we went to Disneyland. And, you know, we thought, oh, we're going to be out of town. Let's cut it a little bit shorter. It will never recover. I'm <laughs> yes, convinced. It yes, it will. <laughs> that this grass is never going to come Don't back. Don't you wish that upon us. I'm not wishing it. I'm just being a realist in this moment. The sun, it completely charted it. It got down to these terrible viney roots and just burnt it to a crisp. And it is so frustrating. We're just going to have to get all new sod is really the answer. We might end up with turf. Holy, <laughs> I know that's I've what been, you want. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> you wouldn't have to mow anymore. And I could use it as a putting green. Ooh. Hey-o. Okay. Now you're in. <laughs> no, but... I know that might sound like such a silly challenge, but it is something that you don't think about having to get used to. I don't know. The grass is just terrible. Um, the other thing that I thought it has been particularly challenging is finding new places to get like services, like hair places. It took you a very long time to find a barber that you trusted. And I, liked. Told my, I told my barber if she ever leaves, I'm, Going with her. <laughs> um, so finding someone, you know, for hair, doctors, dentists. Oh, my God. It took us so long to find a dentist, like embarrassingly long. And I'm sure it's partially user error. We weren't like out hunting down dentists or anything. But I feel like it's just something that you don't think about. Maybe or we didn't think about it as being a big problem. Yeah. But we finally, after two years, we've kind of found our footing there. Yeah. We still don't have a, what do they call them? A general. Primary care. Primary care doctor. But honestly, does anyone nowadays? Yeah. I mean, I. I Besides children, because I feel like they have to go to the pediatrician for random things. But like. I would like to have a primary care doctor, but the effort. You know, and if you call, they're like, okay, we can see you in December. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to be sick that week. And Same so- thing as the dentist oh, yeah. or a veterinarian. That was really tough. Oh, my God. We still don't have a, a full service like a vet. solid, yeah. The vet that we go to just does shots and keeps them up to date. So mm-hmm. if they actually had a problem, we'd probably have to go to the... Like an emergency. Yeah, hospital. An yeah. animal hospital. So I think that's been a challenge. Yeah. And I would say, just to piggyback off services, 
it's it's not well it's a bad thing i don't know where like how things work where you live but in tennessee for the most part you know if your window for service was from noon to 2 you could pretty much count on that your service would fall in that window in florida so many of these workers are on or services are on like island time and they just kind of go at their own pace. And I think a lot of it is because the demand is just so high for things like that here. I mean, plumbers, electricians, handymen cannot keep up with how many new people are moving here. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. But that, that happened to us quite a bit when we first moved is you'd get a arrival window. And you just got to plan your whole day. Yeah, they'd miss it by hours and hours. But the biggest thing that came to mind for me for biggest challenges were kind of what we already talked about, just not having that support system. Um, You know, it sounds silly, but living within four or five miles of both of our parents back home, we when we went grocery shopping, we maybe planned for like three meals a night because we're like, oh, my parents will take us out this night. Like we can butter them up and they can take us. And then your parents will take us out this night. And then my mom will randomly drop off a lasagna. (laughs) Yeah. And so just truly being a hunter gatherer for yourself (laughs) was a little bit of a shell shock, I think. Yeah. Sometimes still is. Yeah. Knowing (laughs) that you can't just go out to eat whenever you want because you got to pick up the bill for yourself. Yeah. That's truly probably the most millennial thing ever (laughs) (laughs) is going to eat with your parents for way too long. You know, it worked for us. Making memories. That's how we viewed it. Yes. Quality time is our love language. (laughs) But I think really the biggest thing is something that has come up kind of repeatedly in these moving diary episodes. And I think we are in a very, very solid place now, but it was just building up that social network. Which I think we'll cover because there is like a specific question about it. And I think we'll definitely dive into that. Okay. So I'll just answer it as that. Now that was, that was a challenge. We can talk about how we overcame it. Answering a a question later. So next question is what was the biggest shock moving? So again, I think there were a few Um, initial shocks were the houses here did not have gutters. Still so weird. It is so strange because I feel like this has got to be one of the top five rainiest states in the United States. And how are there not gutters on every house standard? They look unfinished. When I see a house without gutters, they look unfinished to me. It's just, I just feel like there's got to be tons of problems that come with that. So that was a shock to me. And it might just be an our builder thing, but we've driven around our neighborhood and looked at, you know, different builders. And I don't know. I just don't get it. So the gutters were surprising. The sand, copious amounts of sand just everywhere. That was a shock because I'm convinced there is no soil in Florida. It is just sand. Well, I did that soil test for our yard. And and, what? And it was like 95% sand. Which is just bizarre to me. Maybe that's why our terrible St. Augustine grass has no chance of survival because that is just bizarre to me. Um, But I think... 
so kind of going into like teaching and everything, I think one of the biggest shocks that I had was my first year teaching down here in science. We were talking about seasons and I legitimately had students who did not know the seasons because they had not experienced seasons. Like it was just so foreign to some of them. Obviously, Florida is a big melting pot. There are people from other states and they can kind of share their experiences. But it was just so mind blowing to me to explain snow and you're having to show pictures or talk about the Olympics or just try to find these other avenues of explaining what happens or why it happens or just that there are changes. Like it's just, it blew my mind. Yeah. I remember when you, you came home and you were just, your jaw was still on the floor like hours later that yeah. these kids didn't know seasons. Well, because I taught fourth grade at the time, yeah. you know, and not to say, you know, the kids aren't dumb or anything. Like it's not a bash on them. It was just shocking to me that like it was legitimately something that I had to explain. Yeah. I would say the biggest shock for me and it, it's ended up being a very good thing, but just the diversity of Orlando and of the area that we live in is just, I mean, it's, you can't even compare it to Tennessee. You know, I, I guess, I mean, you can call a spade a spade. We grew up in white suburbia mm-hmm. and, you know, it just moving here and hearing people speak different languages and look different than you and have different cultures than you. I would consider it a shock, but it was in a very good way. You know, the food is so much better here <laughs> that, that we can explore different cuisines. You meet different people who have all different life experiences and different perspectives on things. So I think it, but it was shocking at first, you know, going to Publix and, uh, well, actually, I remember we went to Dollar Dollar Tree, Dollar General, one of those, one time, and uh, there was a Spanish-speaking family who couldn't communicate with the cash register, uh, the cash clerk. What do you call it? Cash register person? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Checkout person? But luckily, I mean, there were, you know, they asked, can anybody translate? And there's like 15 people who raised their hands. Yes, I'm bilingual. Yeah. And you're like, man, I really need to get on that. And we still need to get on that. We're just having so many people be bilingual. I mean, like the students in my classroom, I'd say 95% of them are bilingual. It's just, it is one of those things that makes you stop and think, wow, like I messed up in high school, not paying attention or not caring or being so naive to think like I would not need this or want to use this in the future. You know, in high school, I feel like, to us, it was one of those like throwaway classes, like, oh, they're making me take a second language. At least that's how I felt about it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh. It's Missed like the uh, the Mulan song. Like, I wish I would have paid more attention in gym. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I wish I would have paid more attention in. You took I French. I took French, which again, mistake number one, let's be honest. But I took French one and made a D in it. So I switched to Spanish. <laughs> It was hard, no joke. But I do, like, legitimately, I wish I would have applied myself more. Yeah. And it's so tough to learn a language now. 
Hey, just finding the time for it. Yeah. I feel like our best bet is to find some sort of immersion classes where like you're forced, you only speak Spanish mm-hmm. with a, with a Spanish speaker. Yeah. So that's still a, a to do on both of our lists. I think it, it would help us both professionally and personally. personally. Yeah. Next is, is Florida summer as bad as people say it is? And this question was asked in a variety of different ways. It was, which is so funny. Is the humidity legit? Is it really as hot as people say it is? How are you handling it? Yeah. I would say it is hot. I mean, it's it's hot as... I'll say it. It's as as bad (laughs) as people say it is. But so is Tennessee. I, yes. We've definitely been hearing from like family and just different people all across the country. And I think it's just hot everywhere. Honestly, I do think the humidity is something that we deal with here that a lot of other people don't. But I mean, to cope with it, we just don't go outside during the day, honestly, which is so sad because I feel like when you think about summer, you think about just being outside constantly And for us, it legitimately is the opposite. During the winter months, we are outside nonstop. Like, I wish there was some way for Florida schools to do some kind of opposite schedule where I would have off in, you know, December and January instead of June and July. Yeah. I mean, during those months, we live on our lanai. It's just so beautiful. Every day, we just open the door wide up and us... And the dog, dogs, and the cat just go in and out as we please. And there's no lizards at that time. Yeah. So there are just so many benefits. But, I mean, honestly, yeah, we just, we stay inside. It is very, I mean, it's legit. When we first moved down here, I think we took it like champs because we were so excited. But there is no denying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it makes me consider being a snowbird. Honestly, you have brought it up. I don't know. Well, I'd be a snowbird in Maine. I think that's where I would go Maine. for. Maine. Oh my goodness, New Hampshire. I heard is beautiful. Skiing? My grandparents we could go skiing. Oh, skiing scares me. Hmm. Well, something to think about. But it is yeah, something I mean, to consider. We basically just come to terms now. Are we basically have a general rule? We won't. We have been saying we won't go to the parks before 6 p.m. And, and honestly, even that is too early. Yeah, it should be like 8. This is where we have a bone to pick with Walt Disney World. Keep <laughs> the parks open later. I mean, these 8 o'clock, Animal Kingdom 8 o'clock, Epcot and Hollywood 9 o'clock are... That's, it, that's trash. It's absurd. Yeah. Some of my best memories as a kid are being in the parks at you know hours that were way past my bedtime, mm-hmm. and we just got back from Disneyland, where Disneyland stayed open until midnight every night we were there. Yeah, and DCA was open even later because they were having the grad night parties, but you know there were offerings all throughout. But yeah, that I understand for Animal Kingdom, but Hollywood Studios and Epcot, there's no reason why they should close at nine o'clock. Oh my gosh, Epcot. Especially, I feel like that's the biggest cardinal sin is to close it that early. Yeah. It's Epcot, for crying out loud. Yeah. Next one is, would you suggest people to move now with housing costs or wait it out? 
I guess this is a good time to mention uh, we're not financial (laughs) people. We can't give financial advice or realty advice. We can only speak about like our preference. And we've kind of already said like we've made the decision for us that it's not worth moving right now. I mean, it is disheartening to look at houses that you know a few years ago were affordable and now they are just way beyond like what we personally would feel comfortable spending. So I think it also depends on your circumstances. So for us moving from Tennessee where home prices were pretty comparable, you know, now that they've gone up, it's a tough pill to swallow. If you're coming from somewhere with more expensive housing, you may look at some of these prices and say, what a bargain. Yeah. But for us and, you know, and I think the biggest takeaway that we can all agree on is if you are relying on Florida wages to do it, they they don't keep up. They're they're not caught up. Yeah. Hopefully they will be in some way or the other. But, you know, I think that's the biggest thing for me. But if you can keep a remote job from a high paying area, California, New York, something like that, and work remotely, could still work out for you. But um, it's, you know, not to get too real, quote unquote. I mean, this is a Disney podcast, but like it's, it's really, you use the word disheartening. It is disheartening. It's, um, I don't want to call it a, you know, it's a, it's a big issue. I think, and there's there has to be relief one way or the other in order for this to be sustainable. Yeah, and it's not even like, you know, obviously people listen from everywhere. I feel like in Nashville, and I'm not picking on our Nashville people, um, but in Nashville, like it was always a joke, like, oh, don't move here, we're full kind of thing. It's not even that kind of attitude. Like, that's not what we mean at all. Um with like the increase in the house prices and everything. I think it's just something that's happening everywhere. So I think that's why it's so important to do research before like setting your heart on making a big move like we did, because I do think Florida got a reputation over time for just being a cheap place to live. And I think that was so very true at one point. And there might even be pockets of Florida where that is still true. Again, we're not experts by any means. We just know the area around where we live right now. You can you can see the price increases just constantly. Even with like new builds and stuff, you know, signs that you'll pass one week might say, oh, building in the 400s. You pass it the next week and it says in the 600s. And, you know, that's just like a random example, you know, but... I think things are just changing very quickly. So you don't just want to rely on like outdated statistics. Yeah. I would, you know, you bring up a point and I don't know if they're doing this all over the country. They probably are, but these new builds here now are doing that. They put starting in the 300, starting in the 400s. They don't sell a single house in that price range. By the time you add in, the lot premium and the mandatory upgrades. And a lot of these places are, you know, making you go to the highest level of cabinets and floors and all the things. And they're blaming it on the supply chain. They're not even remotely close to what they're quoting the starting prices anymore, which call us. We've only bought two houses. So we're naive. I'm sure. But both of our houses, it said starting at this number and we paid that number. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah. why did so much math get involved, you know? <laughs> Nobody wants to do math. No. Just tell me the price up front. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times we fell in love with the neighborhood. Based off of outdated numbers that we were shown, and then you kind of get into the nitty-gritty, and it's... Ooh, I mean, we're going to back out of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind sharing it. We went and talked to a neighborhood, and they told us that the cheapest lot premium that they would have would be $60,000. Which to us, is a, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's, to just like sneak that in there in a random conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Which both of our houses, we've not backed out to anything else, and we've paid $5,000. For, yeah, for our lot. Premium, which I know, whatever you want different to call times, it. but that's our uh, rant on housing for the day. I bet uh, I didn't know we'd go off on a. <laughs> on it was a, I, it was slight, just slight, you know. On a more lighthearted note, how long did it take the corgis to adjust? Oh my goodness! So, one thing that we knew we wanted to do in this house was build like the lanai, which is essentially like the. Screened in patio cage. Florida cage. Yeah. Florida cage, yeah. And get the corgis a fence. Because in Tennessee, they never had a fence. And it has been just the best thing. They go out there. They run around. They chase each other. They just like roll on their back in the grass and just act so silly. And I'd say they've adjusted beautifully. And it it really didn't take them much time. They, they're very easy to please, I feel like. Yeah. I would say Louie adjusted a lot quicker and easier than Loki. Loki is, has black fur. She's a little chunkier. <laughs> she doesn't enjoy the heat as much. But when it's, you know, when it's February, March, she will spend all day outside. But this time of year, like if we go sit on the lanai to read or anything, She'll sit out there for a few minutes and then she goes to the door and asks to go back inside. And then it's she'll, funny, she'll sit at the back door and just watch us from the inside in the air conditioning. Yeah, so. she feels like she's participating, but, you know, at her level. Whereas Louie <laughs> will sit out there just as oh, long as you will. He loves it. And there are more birds and just wildlife for them to look at, which they love. Um. Minnie has also adjusted very well. She, I think, loves the lanai more than any of us combined, probably, um, because she hadn't gotten to go outside at all in Tennessee. Because she was a stray, so we were always scared to let her go outside. Yeah, we were scared that she would run away from us. Although, why would she leave us? She's got it made. She's got, she's the boss. She's got it made. But she really really enjoys being outside yeah so yeah i would say louie's thriving loki she's doing well she i think she misses the cold sometimes but probably yeah it's a little variety next is early mornings in the parks or late nights in the parks late nights all day every day for several reasons a we are not morning people just not morning people. But B, playing on that, I think mornings are just a very stressful and a very busy time to go to a Disney park. And Universal Parks are honestly 
worse (laughs) (laughs) trying to go in the morning. Oh my gosh. We went to universal, um, for some of the early morning hours this summer, this month. And I mean, the line to get in at eight o'clock for early morning hours. I mean, it was the longest line I've ever seen at a theme park ever. I mean, honestly, that could give like rise of resistance a run for its money there. It was so long with so many people. So if you're you're familiar with city walk, the line went all the way from the front gates of islands of adventure to basically the uh, universal legacy stores, like past big fire, almost like the little Coke stand that they have in the Uh middle there with the big screens on the top. Oh, it was, I mean, it was absolutely insane. It was so crazy. So I would just say, oh, we sorry, and every single one of those people wants to ride Hagrid's magical motorbike <laughs> adventure. Maybe um, there's a few Velocicoasters sprinkled in, but they're almost no, all Hagrid's. All Hagrid's, all day. So I think just from like a relaxing standpoint, night is where it's at. I think, especially in the summer, since that's the season that we're in right now, if you can hit it after it's rained for the day, it cools down significantly. I mean, we had one of the most enjoyable evenings ever at Epcot this summer just because it had rained, the sun had gone down, and it was just calm. A lot of people weren't there anymore, probably because it closed early. And it was just great. I will agree with everything you said with one exception. Disney Springs mornings are better. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to say like it's so obvious. (laughs) I feel like it's obvious, but no, 100% agree with that. Disney Springs late at night, not fun. No, (laughs) at any time of year. We avoid that like the plague. Yep. Next one. This is another one that's kind of asked in a variety of different ways. Um, does Disney still bring the same magic now as it did when it was a vacation destination for you? So that was asked a lot of, is the magic still there? Is the magic gone? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, not yada, yada to you guys, <laughs> the, the askers, but yes. you know what I mean. This is, um, it's tough. It's a tough question to answer. It is because I feel like we almost just take in the magic in a different way. It's almost like your batteries are being recharged, but not, I don't want to say not as full, but like, you know, it doesn't have to last you as long (laughs) kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you know, it is always accessible. So when we go, like we're okay with just going for an hour and doing next to nothing or just riding the ride with the shortest weight or walking around and just seeing what we run into. And that fills us up enough. I don't want to say just as much because I, I don't think it's the same. I feel like it would be, I don't know, unfair to say that it is the exact same, but I think we do get glimpses of that. Like when we do staycations um, when Brendan's family comes down with our niece uh, and soon nephew, when they come down, you know, and you get to do all the same things and kind of experience like family time and just, I don't know, hanging out constantly. It's a little different, but I still think the magic is there. 
Like I, for us, as soon as we started feeling dread towards going to the park or as soon as we felt like, oh, this isn't enjoyable, we kind of halted everything and had to ask ourselves like, okay, why do we feel that way? Like, what is it about going to the parks at this particular moment that is making us feel like bleh instead of excited? Because we only want to go if we feel excited. So that was kind of like a hard learning moment for us. Like we need to reevaluate where we're at. Yeah. And I would say, you know, longtime listeners will know that we've taken (laughs) quite a break and that played, you know, that question and the answers to that question played a pretty big role in that because there was a time period where we got caught up in the, you know, trying to, quote unquote, make it as content creators. Or I don't even know if we were trying to make it. We just got caught up in the game. We were just, we were doing a lot. I mean, I think we were just putting a lot of our efforts and time and energy into, you know, not just the podcast anymore, but into social media and YouTube and making videos. And then on top of that, like you're trying to meet up with people and make friends and like find those genuine connections. And I think just like doing all that at once is just a lot. Yeah. And so we found ourselves saying like, am I going to magic kingdom for me today or for this imaginary person on the internet? Am I going for them? Mm -hmm. And I think we started saying, I think I might be going for someone else. And that's when we had to pull back. And, and now I think we only go to the parks when we genuinely want to. And it's, and it's been night and day since then, but to directly answer the question, it says, does Disney still bring the same magic now as it did when you were on vacation? The answer is no for me. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not worse. It's not better. But it is, it's not the same as when you're on vacation. You know, maybe for the first couple months when you move here, it was that way for us. It's, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's vacation every day. But I think, you know, we've said it in different ways, but it is... When you're on vacation, you're not thinking about that you have to stop at the grocery store on the way home and that, you know, you have three emails that you have to respond to. Maybe you still do that on vacation. But, (laughs) uh, you know, the litany of things, I have to take the dogs out at some point today. Um, You don't think about those things when you're on vacation. You do think about them when you visit very regularly. So I think it changes quite a bit. You become more averse to crowds you know we don't watch fireworks very often because it's not as a lot of times it's not worth it to be in that crowd now harmonious is a lot easier than enchantment to do that but um yeah i mean i think that's the number one question and it's the number one question we had before we moved down here is you know like how would we feel and it is different for for everybody i think and Um, just to kind of round out the discussion on this, I think we both decided that we could not use the parks as anything more than just a place to go for fun. If we tried to make it into a business or into a side hustle or into this or that, we just couldn't enjoy it anymore. And I think, you know, 
and we've had kind of a few conversations about this with people around. We don't go like holding up signs about this, <laughs> but you can kind of get the sense from other people that other people experience that too. Is that like, Oh, you know, I moved to Orlando and I really thought that this was going to take my project to the next level. And for us, it did. We reached numbers that we never reached in Tennessee after moving here. But it, at the end of the day, it ended up not being worth it to do everything. Now we've kind of fallen into just the podcast is yeah. good. And social media when we like it. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like, it's kind of what you said earlier. You're just it's like self-discovery. Like, what do you feel more comfortable with? Yeah. Does a lack of four seasons get to you? Yes. It did last year. I think our first year, it didn't really bother us again because we were in a constant state of we're on vacation. Like, this is fun. Look at us. We're in Florida. And last year, it did bother us. We missed the colors. We missed the colors. We, I mean, (laughs) it's so strange because, like, I miss it, but I don't like being cold, like walking out and wearing a sweatshirt. Or, I don't know, doing, like, the fall things. There aren't a lot of, like, pumpkin. I mean, I'm sure there are pumpkin patches and stuff around here, but it's just not the same. Yeah. No snow days. I mean, what a buzzkill. I would say we depend on the parks a lot for seasons. Mm-hmm. So when they, like, we will feel a real jolt of energy when the Halloween decorations go up in a couple of weeks. I mean, we will be living. When- a couple of weeks. It'll be a week. Shut the front door. No. Yeah. In yeah. July? It's, it'll be August in a week. No, it won't. And then they'll have a party in just a few days. I'm literally looking at my calendar right now. And the pumpkins will be here before you it's know. A, mm, it's like a little more than a week. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. We will feel a it's, real jolt that's of energy. And we will, I think we'll use that a lot to get through the fall months and then with the holiday decorations, we'll kind of do the same thing. But I think where it really sets in for me is when it's January, February, March. And we do, it does get somewhat cold here. I mean, it there does. are days that, you know, I had to put on a sweatshirt to take the dogs out in the morning because it, <laughs> it wasn't warm enough yet. But um, you know, it's cold when my students show up wearing like full on North face puffer jackets with earmuffs and stuff. And they're so cute and bundled up and it's 50 degrees. (laughs) I think we've kind of both subconsciously, I don't know if we've actually made a, you know, verbal effort or commitment to doing this, but we are trying to travel a lot more during those times. So it's not going to work out this year, but eventually we're going to go do new England in the fall I'd like to go to the Pacific Northwest in the spring time. Um, do they have spring. tulips there? Do they have tulips? Yeah. I'm sure we can find tulips Where do they somewhere. they have tulips? The Netherlands. I mean, but like in the United States, I think there's a place in the United States. I would like uh, to see some tulips. Lowe's, Home Depot, I think they both have tulips. Oh, hush. <laughs> um, but I think that's kind of how we're going to cope with it. It is, again, I... Hopefully our parents don't listen to this. But if we ever start a family, <laughs> if, big if, are you oh, listening? You're if. speaking to Odd right now. Your mother. Yeah. Um, 
it'll be weird, I think, to to raise a child and not put them in a little puffer jacket. Like they're gonna said. be like my students. We're gonna have to travel to experience seasons because they're just not gonna know any better. And that's why we're gonna be snowbirds. The opposite way, though. Oh no! Mean? I guess it would no. No, we just okay. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Forgot what snowbirds did. <laughs> Um. All right. So here's the question we were circling back to earlier. Have you found it easy slash hard making new local friends? I mean, so if we kind of circle back to where we were this time last year, like doing our one year update, I feel like this was a huge topic of conversation because like we were lonely. Like, I feel like there's no way to sugarcoat it. And like it was hard. It we were kind of in an interesting place where we had made so many, you know, what Brennan called internet friends, right? Like we had connected with so many great people who would come down on trips, but of course, you know, you always got to go back home. We were in like a weird limbo where we knew of so many people or you know, at least a couple people who were in the process of moving down to Florida but they weren't here yet. So we were just like waiting, you know, and we just had this idea in our head of like what it could be. And that is really hard, you know, especially coming from a place where you are well-established and you have your parents who are always trying to hang out with you (laughs) and then just like childhood and like, you know, college friends, whatever. Yeah. I would say like 90% of our college friends move back to the same city as us. Oh yeah. Cause you know, we where were else all are you going to go? Area. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was lonely. And I, I just think making friends as adults can be difficult. You know, you, you have to hang out with someone multiple times. I mean, I guess it's kind of like dating, you know, um, which obviously we know nothing about, but you know, we started dating when we were 15. Yeah. For those who missed that. <laughs> We've been High out of the game for a long time. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot, especially for us who I think sometimes people forget that we're pretty introverted because we just, like, we talk pretty freely on the podcast and everything. So it took a lot out of us to meet up with people and try to make friends And, you know, you're just feeling it out because as adults, you know, with anyone, like you don't become best friends with everybody that you meet. You know, you might like people, you might click, you might have some similarities, but making friends is difficult. Um, We've come a long way, though. We're happy to (laughs) announce. I don't know. These are our friends and here are their rankings. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think just like with more time and. I don't know, just almost being like more forgiving to ourselves with just like the natural process of making real friends. Um, Like we have friends, like we're happy now. There are people that we see regularly, um, hang out with like every week. There's people that we see like every month that we're good friends with or, you know, different spans of times. We still have people who come down like just on vacation. And then, you know, my sister is still here and stuff like that. So I feel like we now have a good, like, well-rounded friend group to where we aren't lonely. 
anymore. And like that, I feel like in this past year has even made a huge difference in just how we spend our time too, right? Like if we have plans and we're excited to see people or go out and try new things, then like that's just where we put our time and effort because making friends takes a lot of time and effort. (laughs) Yeah. I would say two things. I agree with everything you said, and I think you summed it up pretty well. I would, two things that kind of stand out to me are that one, being here and having Disney and Universal and theme parks just in general, it is a really, really great medium to just go meet someone. Because, I mean, what would we have done in Tennessee? We said, hey, you want to go to Target? With us? Or like a coffee shop, like an actual like date date. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's so easy to say, hey, we're going to Epcot, you know, on Tuesday. I'd love to say hi if you're there. Yeah. And you can do one ride with them. You can get a drink. You could just walk and talk or whatever it might be. And you can either, you can spend a couple hours or just a little bit of time with them. And it's kind of a great medium, I guess, is, I think is the right word to do that. I didn't realize how convenient it would be because, you know, for us, most of the people that we're meeting have that common interest. Yes. With us. So it's not like we're saying, Hey, buy a park ticket. Like most everybody that we're meeting has an annual pass or is a cast member and can get in sparingly. Walt Disney world fixed that. (laughs) Um, But we have, yeah. Yeah. And the other part, I think that, you know, now that we do feel like we have a, a more well-rounded social life is, you know, in Tennessee, and I think a lot of it was maybe pressure that I put on myself. I don't think you ever felt this as much, but I felt like I was trying to be in the season of growth and I was trying to grow and mature and, you know, r- continue to mold my personality and, you know, be the person that I wanted to be. And in Tennessee, I was still stuck around, you know, the same people that I grew up with and went to high school with and went to college with. And then we came back and we're all young professionals together. I felt very stuck. And I felt like every time I tried to grow, you know, my friends, not in a mean way, but they'd poke fun at you like trying something new or, and I got very in my head. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to move down here was just clean slate. And now... I feel much more like at peace with that. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it definitely, it was not an easy road, but I'd also be lying if I said like a lot of the friendships that we did make came from like previous internet friendships. You know, it's not like we were just finding random people, you know, just like, through groups and different things that we've been part of over the years. Like we just, we've met people and then kept in contact and then became friends and it just kind of grew like naturally from there. Yeah. But I think what you said, you just, I think we got caught in the trap. You'd expect every person you meet, like this might be my new best friend. (laughs) Like you got crazy eyes. Like Like a little dog, like Doug. I just met you and I love you. Because we were in like a, I I don't want to say desperate, but we were, that's what something we were actively searching for. Yes. And giving yourself kind of the grace to say like, whatever happens and is organic, 
Like, that's what I want to happen. And it's not, we're not going to mesh with every person that we meet. Yes. So, I feel like we've exhausted that question well enough. I Yes, we answered it fully. How do you feel about the area that you live? Pros and cons compared to when you first moved. I can take first stab at this if you... Go unless for you're, it. No, you go for it. I would say our area... Um, is good, not great. It's not our forever area. It's not, I don't want to be in this area, you know, forever. I guess I just said that <laughs> in two different ways. Yeah. But um, I think it checks a lot of our boxes still. We still have easy access to Disney. I wish we didn't have to take some of the roads that we have to take to get to Disney. But, you know, I'm sure if, if it was even easier for us, we'd still say like, oh, I hate driving this road every day. Yeah. And I think that's just part of what we consider our commute. Commuting. Uh-huh. To Disney. But I th- I'd say the one kind of big thing that we have met zero people in our neighborhood. And, you know, I don't know if we necessarily met a lot of people in our neighborhood in Tennessee. Uh, my best friend from college moved three houses down from us. So that helped Yeah, in Tennessee. So here we don't have like the one house that we go to, like, you know, you go get drinks or something with them uh, regularly. So we kind of keep to ourselves here, but um, I, I don't know. I, it, it's gone down this since is, we moved here. Yeah. This is such a hard question to answer. I mean, just because, Ultimately, we don't love our area. We like it just fine. It's not dangerous, you know, or or anything by any means. Like, there's no major red flags that make us say, we must get out now. Um, It's just, I think sometimes with the problem with Orlando, honestly, is there are so many restaurants, and a lot of them are chain restaurants, which, you know, where we lived in Tennessee, that was a thing too. There are a lot of chain restaurants, but I feel like in the particular area that we're in right now, there aren't a lot of non-chain restaurants and that bothers us. Like you can only eat Chick-fil-A so many times. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can only pass the same Culver's so many times. Yeah. And I think we were naive to think when we first moved here, like, Oh, we'll just use Disney. We'll just do that. The prices Very are expensive. It's just for us, it's not sustainable. We just couldn't keep up with that. So, you know, I think going forward, what we would like is an area that is more focused on outdoor life, you know, that has walking trails and playgrounds and, but has interspersed with local businesses and, you know, local coffee shops and, uh, all of that that plays into really making you feel like you're in a community. Mm-hmm. And I think we're missing that right now. Yeah. I'd say that's a good way to put it. We're missing the community feel. Yeah. We're a house in a neighborhood with a bunch of other people. And, you know. And that kind of stuff can change over time. Like, it, they're they're building a lot of stuff around us. So. There's a lot of development. So, who yeah. knows what that could be? I know one is a Dairy Queen, which you're very excited about. 
But. Hey, I am beyond thrilled for a Dairy Queen. <laughs> I don't know what kind of person that makes me, but I worked at a wannabe Dairy Queen in high school, and blizzards just hit different. Hmm. Next one is a question for you is, how is teaching in the Orlando area? Um, I won't share the second part of, part of it. Okay. Because they said where they are a teacher. Not a, well, I guess it doesn't matter. These are anonymous to the listener. <laughs> I'm a second grade teacher in north of Boston. Yes. Um, so I can say I've never taught in a state that has a great reputation for schooling, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, and I don't try to say that meanly, but I feel like, you know, Tennessee, Florida, they're kind of average states. Below Some might average. say, yeah. <laughs> okay, Brendan. <laughs> I was trying to be very nice. Um, so I feel like my experience might be very different than, you know, other states, <laughs> but, you know, my first year teaching here, it was great. Um, I don't know to boil it down. I think it depends everything on who you work with. I mean, in any situation with any job, I feel like I've found that to be true. And like last year was not it. Yeah. And I and I don't have any other ways to describe it without I don't know getting into it like last year was hard. And Yeah. I mean, I'm like trying to think of like a better answer. I would say as a as a spouse of an educator, which you know, obviously I have you know, so much respect for what you and other educators do um from my perspective what it seems like is you hear decisions that come down the chain of command um you know maybe whether they're made at a state level or a district level or a county level whatever it might be and i think a lot of times it's hard to just block that out and say oh i'm just going to go to school every day and be a, a teacher it really it affects you a lot more you know, when decisions are made like that, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, like it does make a difference. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it, you know, and anywhere in education, I think it's hard, honestly, to be a teacher anywhere right now. And I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom, like, you know, um, but I mean, the, the stats are the stats. People are leaving the profession at a faster rate than almost anything else. Yeah. It's like you and uh, teachers and nurses. I was going to say and nurses. Are just leaving in droves because they're not treated fairly. Yeah. It is sometimes just disheartening to see some of the things that happen. Um, or just like even good news. I feel like sometimes that comes out. Oh, we're going to make the minimum pay this number. And then you look at the fine print and it's like, you're just lying again. You know, I don't know. Like you said, Disney podcast, we don't need to be like doom and gloom. But I think there are really rewarding parts of it still, you know, I mean, still here. <laughs> and you love your kids. And I love my kids so, so much. Um, I mean, if you didn't, why would you do it? Right. So that's where we're at. 
I'd be more than happy to answer more specific questions. You know, hit me up and I will go into how, all the detail that you want. Yeah, honestly. How long do you got? Yeah. <laughs> can zoom, <laughs> set up a time to chat, um, bring the ice cream or whatever you need to bring with you to cope. But um, yeah, it is what it is. I think there are some really great schools and districts and teachers in Florida, you know, some of the colleagues that I have are just amazing people who love their job. So I think it's just very, I don't know. It varies. Yeah. Next is things you still aren't used to in Florida. Say it on three. Oh, wait. Okay. I got to see if I wrote something down for this one. Uh, I'm oh, hoping we okay. have the same okay, thing. Okay, okay. One, two, three. Lizards. Lizards. <laughs> Now, if you're on vacation at Disney, you certainly see them all the time. What you don't think about is that they want to live where you live. Yeah, if you they want to invade your space and take over everything that you own and love. Yeah, and I will be completely forthcoming. We have tried very humane ways to get rid of lizards, and I, I am... Like, I'm an animal lover. I don't want to do anything, but I'm about to go inhumane if things, <laughs> if something does not give. It's been really bad this summer. They have just gotten into our lanai. Our garage. They are reproducing at an alarming rate. <laughs> like I mean, rabbits, honestly, yeah. yeah. We have little baby lizards now everywhere. Like, before we sit down... Um, if we're trying to read or anything, we have to like pick up the cushions and look for lizards or else they'll scare the bejesus out of us. Um, and our animals do nothing to help the cause. They don't chase them, scare them, oh, the squat at them. Um, they just, maybe they've just accepted like, oh, this is life now. You know, we just have lizards everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, we. I will never get used to I put critters <laughs> on yeah. my notes, but I knew we were talking about lizards. We've only seen mostly. a couple of snakes, so I wouldn't. Little ones, yeah. That hasn't been a big deal. Um, we have, like, on our ring camera a few times, we've picked up a possum. We believe it's a possum. It might be an armadillo. Uh, I saw it again. It's a possum. Oh, okay. It's been up for debate. We've seen a wild boar in our neighborhood. Um, lots of birds. Obviously, the sandhill cranes are everywhere and they yeah. have babies. They are so cute. And anything else? Raccoons. We've seen some raccoons. Yeah. When we talked about this off air, we both said we're still not used to like, we still have a habit of every body of water that we see. We look for gators. And we always will. I don't think anything will ever be as much fun as looking for the little gators. Their when little we heads. find, yeah, when we find them, it is so exciting. Oh, we scream like we just won the lottery. <laughs> we just get so excited. I will say, I see this, like, I'm still part of some of like moving to Orlando groups and Florida plunge groups and whatnot. A lot of people are very worried about the gators, like, especially with their pets. And I think, I don't think it's, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's not as big of a concern as you think it might be. Because I think for the most part, they just want to be left alone just as much as you and your pets probably want to be left alone. Yeah. So you, they do kind of talk about it on the news or you'll see people post about it on Facebook. 
when it's mating season where you maybe need to give them a little more room than you typically would. But uh, yeah, we've seen a couple out of the water. Most of them, we just see their heads in the water. Mm-hmm. But it's always a thrill. We will never get used to that. I will say when we we kind of, I think, got false hopes or false expectations. When we first moved here, there was a rogue gator in our neighborhood. And he only had, he or I think it ended up being a she. I don't remember. She only had three legs. And she was just sleeping on people's front porches. So imagine opening your front door and there's just a three-legged gator right there. I mean, what a freaking thrill. <laughs> we were not lucky enough to be chosen. <laughs> no. And then we also had bears in yes. our neighborhood for a while. Well, the neighborhood across yeah. from us, kind of. I consider that basically our It was so close. I mean, come on. Yeah, they were digging through trash cans, as bears do. Yeah. So, That's something I, we're Yeah. We're still, I think we're not surprised when we see them, but we are excited when we see them. So excited. Next one was a really good question. I think we both kind of struggled to answer this. Was Florida things that you feel like you've been doing your whole life that only started when you lived in Florida? I did come up with one that I thought was pretty solid. Let's hear it. So kind of going back to teaching, not taking work home. I don't do work at home anymore I feel like when we move down here, like we do joke about it all the time. Like we've even joked about it today of like having a retirement mindset. But I do think we've been very good since we've moved down here about having a definite like work life balance where you just got to cut that off, you know? So I feel like, and it might also just come with, you know, teaching for more years, you kind of get the hang of things better. Um, but I, I don't bring work home anymore. And now that's just like the normal. That's the norm. I don't work it after school hours anymore. I have one. Okay. I have one. Okay. I drink iced coffee year round. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh my goodness. I used to drink hot coffee in the winter and iced coffee in the summer and spring. And now I'm pretty much exclusively an iced coffee, basic white girl, I guess. <laughs> Stop. But that would be it. I, don't, I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> that, I mean, that was a very good question. Yeah. Uh, next one is, at what point did you truly feel at home? So I have two. Um, one was, I'm trying to think if it was this Christmas or last Christmas, but when we went home for Christmas, you know, I felt like we haven't been gone very long, but there's a lot of new development, you know, we're staying at one of our parents' house and kind of doing the whole back and forth thing and things just felt very foreign. And I feel like in that moment, it truly felt not that we didn't belong there, you know, but it was just like, I don't live here anymore. Yeah. And, and to that point too, it was almost freeing because it was like, I don't miss living here anymore. You know, I feel like sometimes or for a little bit of time, like after we moved down here and like the novelty started wearing off and especially when we were lonely, 
you know, there's always that part of you like, oh, did we make the right choice? Like, And there were aspects that we missed tremendously. Specifically, our niece was really tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, we miss and, her all the time. And now our nephew. And then our house. It was house. really hard to leave that house because it was just we. It it's so beautiful. weird to... Not weird. I, th- I think it's normal. But we were very attached to that house. It and was we, our first house. We say all the time if we could have just picked it up and moved it to Florida, we would have. But it was just... I think that trip... I was just like, yeah, we're Floridians, you know? It just felt like a done deal. Um, The other thing that happened just this past spring, I we took our students on a field trip to SeaWorld, and I remember we were sitting on the bus, and I just looked out the window, and we were passing the exits and everything for Disney World, And I just remember sitting on the bus and thinking, oh, my goodness, like these kids and me, like I live here and we are going on a field trip and like we're just living life like normal people. But we are in Disney, like we're in Central Florida, like like we live here. This is just normal. Like no one gawked or clapped or you know, like you do when you're on vacation, like make a big deal about seeing those signs. It was just normal. We just passed them and kept going on with our day. Yeah. I would agree with those. I, I too, I can't remember like which trip home. Well, I say home, which trip to Tennessee. I'll always say like going back home Uh to Tennessee. It, it, it did kind of slowly sink in over those of like, you know, things are more foreign and you're kind of viewing people and you're putting a separation between you and them and saying like, Oh, I don't, I'm not the same as these people. Like I live somewhere else. Um, it kind of synced in that way. On a more silly note, my fingers finally, whenever I go to Southwest and I look up flights, they now type MCO before BNA. It like <laughs> for the longest time when we lived here, I go there and I'd say flights from BNA and they'd be like, Nope. Nope, not flying from Nashville, MCO. My mom, funny story, she was helping us book flights one time. I think she was letting us use her miles, and she accidentally booked it the wrong way. <laughs> Thankfully, we caught it in time. We did catch it in time, but it, yeah, it was funny. But yeah, and I think, you know, kind of, we talked about the season of growth that we've been in. I think that's kind of helped me. I have a lot of memories now here of, you know, really good memories of things that we've done and people that we've met and experiences that we've done together that now it kind of feels like home. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent there yet though. Because sometimes it does still catch us off guard. Like, Oh my God, we live here. (laughs) Yeah. I would say (laughs) this is going to sound silly and you're going (laughs) to roll your eyes because I'm bringing up sports again, but uh, when the Titan season starts, I'll start kind of, dang, I really wish I could go to these games and see Derrick Henry demolish other grown men. <laughs> but watch it on TV. Yes, we will watch it. So next is best and worst of Florida slash do you want to stay Floridians? 
Um, so I'll answer the last part first, because I do think we both agree on this. We do want to stay Floridians. For the foreseeable future. Yes. Again, forever is very intimidating, you know. But, yes, we want to stay Floridians. We don't have any plans on leaving or trying to go somewhere else. Like, again, even if we were to entertain the conversation of moving, there's really, like, no prospects, you know. There's nowhere that we're eyeing. Yeah. Potentially. Um, So best and worst things. I would say some of the best things are that there's just so much to do in Orlando. Um, We're always finding new restaurants or, you know, there's new festivals or activities or places or manatees (laughs) or things to just like go do and see. And I think that's really exciting about living here. Um, The winter weather, we've already talked about that. I mean, that's got to be at the tippy top of the best things about living in Florida. And then my silly answer is they have twisty treats here. (laughs) (laughs) And if you've never been to a twisty treat, please get an Uber or something next time you're in Orlando and find the idea of an Uber pulling up to twisty treats. Kind of funny. It is funny, but I mean, so worth it. Honestly, worst things. Um, Worst things are that we are far from our niece. And, and nephew. Well, and nephew. He we was just We born. haven't met him yet. He <laughs> He's like two born. weeks old. <laughs> I know I'm going to love weekend. him more than anything. We just haven't met him yet. Um, And the drivers. Yeah. Hands down. Is it cliche to say that I want to answer weather for both? It's both <laughs> the best and the worst thing about Florida? Because I don't think so. For like eight months out of the year, the weather is so great. But this four months, like that we're in now, June, July, August, September, it really stinks. It is not fun at all. It's tough. Yeah. Um, But I would say, you know, not to get like on a hot topic, but the politics stink not from like, I mean, yes, some of the decisions stink, but it's very divisive here. And I don't know if I was just naive and like missed a lot of that in Tennessee. Like everything is like a huge battle here. Well, because it is a swing state. Yeah. So I think there's positives and negatives to that, but yeah, it's a lot. You get a lot of like advertisements and just different things and it's everywhere. It's just like no decision is easy. Yeah. Whatsoever. Uh, I mean, I think that's kind of just how politics in general have become, but mm-hmm. I think we feel it a lot more here than we did in Tennessee because sadly for what it was in Tennessee, it was just like, this is the way things are and it's there's no chance of it changing. Yeah. And I mean, in a lot of states, I think that's just how it is. No matter which way it is, you know, Yeah, it's just... Historically, that is just as what it is. So, I'm not trying to say like one side or the other. I'm just saying like it's it's been it it wears on you to just. I mean, it's constant. Mm-hmm. You can't listen to the radio or turn on the news without just constantly being, you know, that's that stuff being top of mind. Um, but I think just like you said, having so many things to do is really a luxury. We talk about quite often, like what did we do? For fun in Tennessee. We went to a lot of sporting events. 
We went to Target a lot. We <laughs> ate a lot of Mexican restaurants. We still go to Target a lot. I mean, hello. Who doesn't? But, um, you know, just knowing that if you're bored, you can just go do something, find something uh, fun to do, and, and it's way more entertaining than a lot of other things you could find. Yeah. Um, and then that we have a few more. Okay. What area do you think is the best? Windermere, Dr. Phillips, Winter Garden, or another area? Wow, that is such a hard question. From that list, I would rank them Windermere, Winter Garden, then Dr. Phillips. I feel like we don't have a ton of like experience. I don't know if that's the right word in Dr. Phillips. They have a Trader Joe's. They have a Trader Joe's. Well, I think they have a lot out there, which is why I'm saying this is I think there's a lot of like really desirable things about Dr. Phillips. Like I think some of the best restaurants are in Dr. Phillips. Yeah. I would say it's a, it's a better business district than a residential district, just in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Um, I've always, for whatever reason, like glamorized Windermere. That's where Shaq lived. So, so like, duh, yeah. Um, and where was I, Tiger Woods' house? Was his in Windermere too? Maybe. I don't know. I think because like when we do drive around there, like they do have a lot of like ultra mega houses, and they do have a lot of really good restaurants and stuff there too. Winter Garden, like downtown Winter Garden has got to be one of the just nicest places just to want to hang out, to walk around, to be there, like to meet up with people. I think that is extremely desirable. And Winter and Windermere might have something like that. Uh it's much smaller. So yeah. I would say the other that I would fl- throw into that mix would be winter park if it was closer to disney winter park would be it would check every box i mean it's so nice what about um where's boxy park what's that place called lake nona lake nona is very very nice it's more close to like the airport so it is a little farther from disney i think the main route to get to disney would be i4 yeah which is no no you'd take the uh toll road Oh, okay. The same one that Magical Express takes. Or, sorry, RIP. <laughs> the Mirrors Connect it takes. The Mirrors Connect, yes. What is um, that, 417 or something? I guess, sure. Um, I think that's a really cool area. Like, the few times that we've been there, um, that's a really enjoyable area to walk around. We went to a celebrity golf tournament there in the winter, which was cool. Yeah. Um, the other, And then I would... For a more affordable option, I would throw Claremont into that mix. Yeah. Claremont Their downtown area is really nice. Is very cute. I think it's growing a lot there. Like, I feel like that's one of the biggest areas of growth. I mean, although literally everywhere is exploding with new houses and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Those are kind of the areas that we, I, I will say we probably spend. Most of our time. If we're not going to Disney, it's probably in Winter Garden or Winter, Winter Garden Park. Or like the Hamlin 
area. I know Hamlin is still part of Winter Garden, but it's kind of its own like suburb. And I feel like they have a lot of new restaurants and stuff going in there. And that then that's basically going to absorb Flamingo Crossing is basically going to absorb into that, which is where new college housing is. And then there's a lot of new development over there. There's a Target there. And a Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, but it's a baby Target. Yeah. I wouldn't really call that a Target. I don't know what they were going for there. They should have just, just put a Publix there, honestly. Yeah. I'm surprised the Publix didn't go there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that really helps answer that question. I think they're all nice areas. All of those areas are so, so nice. Yeah. I w- there's not any on that list of Wintermere, Dr. Phillips, Winter Garden that I would say, Ugh, don't, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Stay away from or there. Think twice about that. Uh, all those, I think. You, if you drive around there, you're going to know they're different enough that you would know which one matches what you're looking for mm-hmm. the best. Um, but wouldn't you say the closest to Disney, if that was big on your list, would probably be like Winter Garden and Windermere. Yeah. And more specifically, Horizon West, which is unincorporated. So like half the addresses are Winter Garden, half the entrances, addresses are Windermere. Um, but, you know, it's kind of that area in between both of those cities. Yeah. But yeah, Windermere, the closest of the closed, <laughs> like right north of Magic Kingdom, those are Windermere addresses. Mm, okay. Yeah, good point. You have to go a little bit further west and then northwest, and then you get the Winter Garden addresses. But they're still. I mean, they're right there. 10, yeah. 10 minutes. Like you can see the fireworks close. Correct. Yeah. So all those are. Super nice. Where I would still say, like, it, it, it can still work, and it can. We know a lot of people are happy down there, but if you are south of Disney and south of I four, just really think about what that will mean for getting there. Mm-hmm. Might still work for you, but could be a deal breaker for for a lot of other people. Yeah. So that is all of our questions. We are an hour and forty one minutes in. <gasps> Holy moly. And I don't, I, I don't, will we do a three year moving I, diary? Or, I don't know. or do, at that point, do you go to like five year? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, oof. 24 months. Do we do a 30 month update? A 30. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's necessary. I guess we'll, if there are like big enough changes, I feel like that's why we kind of waited a year between like the one year and the two year mark is because so much can happen and like opinions can change and, you know, decisions. I don't know. There's a lot that can happen. Yeah. I would agree. But I think we covered pretty much everything that was on my mind for the move. Anything else that stands out to you? I don't, I don't think so. I think ultimately like we're happy with where we're at. I, I still like don't regret the choice that we made to move down here. Um, yeah. I think maybe the only other question that I think of, I've kind of seen people have kind of asked us in different ways is like, are you happy with where Disney is at? Like as a company right now. And my answer would be like, I don't think we get too bogged down in that. Yeah. That is such a hard, that's such an interesting question. I'm just the kind of person anyway, 
I like put my head in the sand for a lot of things just because I'm happier that way, honestly. Um, Like, for example, I didn't know about like different text messages that you could send. Like, what? Nobody's (laughs) going to understand what you're talking about. Okay. Anywho, I just, I don't pay attention to a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, the only thing that I've, I guess I've noticed recently would just be with like um, college program students. Like I know they've been really struggling, which is like access to the parks. And obviously like that's a huge, um, like staffing, like that turns into a staffing issue, which turns into a bunch of other issues. So like that's been hard to see like over time that they like, they show up and then they leave in droves because they don't have access to the parks and things like that. I think this round has been better than the last round, but I don't know any numbers or anything. Yeah. And we don't know any like personally to ask. Yeah. But I would say like, I, I just don't think we, obviously we stay in touch with like the, the big, like it comes to like human rights issues. We are very in tune with that kind of stuff. But on a day-to-day, like, corn dog nuggets went up by a dollar. Like, we just, I don't think, I think we'd run out of energy so fast if we got, if we let things like that sway us. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times we just kind of, like, things are going to change. I, you know, I'll wait to experience the change before I make an opinion on it. And even if I don't like it, like, there's other things that I enjoy. Yeah. You know, because you see a lot of people who I'm canceling my annual pass because I hate the way Disney's going. And I like if you if that decision is right, then certainly you should do that. But like we just don't look at it that way, I don't think. Yeah. So we need to end on a happy note. Happy note. What are we going to accomplish in year three as Floridians? Besides manatees. Ooh, okay. Um, we, we would like to do some house projects. Um, I feel like it's like the show love it or list it. <laughs> We've decided we're going to love it a little longer. And that we're, lady always wins. We're going to paint. <laughs> we're going to, you know, maybe put up some backsplash, maybe, you know, get some different furniture, might do some rearranging. Brendan wants. Um, the room with the better window for the office. So we might do some moving around in that sense. And yeah, I think just like appreciating more of what we have and just kind of like settling into Florida life, I guess. Um, I think we both agreed that we would like to do some more beach trips, like little weekend trips or just making time to do that because I will say we're not, I mean, I'm a huge beach person. Brendan's not a huge beach person. I'm I'm a beach person if I have shade. (laughs) So we would like to take advantage of that more often because we are so close, which is again, like that might be something that I never get used to. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. I would like to make an effort to eat it more quality Disney restaurants. I feel like a lot of times we spend money on non-quality Disney restaurants. I'd rather do fewer and far between, but eat at the higher level place. And then we're doing quite a few staycations. So I'm excited for those. 
Yeah, we are. We have a few staycations that are in the works. And I think those are always good for that, you know, that same Disney magic that we're looking for. Just turn on the uh, the WDW at a glance page or mm-hmm. whatever. The cartoons. And, cartoons are good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to wrap it up for moving diary number 11. 11. It's kind of crazy. That is crazy. So thank you guys for following along on this journey. Thank you for listening to an hour and 50 minutes of us. If you've made it this far, <laughs> yeah. Ramble. We really, really appreciate it. Um, I know we've said this before, but we do expect to get more regular releasing episodes. And we're going to do our very best to make that happen. Yes. So hope you'll stick around for those Hope you enjoyed hearing our experience living two years in Orlando. Thank you so much for listening. We'll chat with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.